Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd, and this is The Daily Download. Today, HousingWire's HW Plus Managing Editor Brennan Ath will discuss some of the biggest challenges facing U.S. mortgage servicers. I'll also touch on what the mortgage industry could possibly look like post-pandemic, the nation's upturn in multifamily apartment searches, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's declaration that borrowers and forbearance living in homes owned by the GCs will never be required to make up missed payments in a lump sum. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and here's Brennan Ath on some of the biggest challenges facing U.S. mortgage servicers. For our first story today, we're sharing feedback from our readers. To get a pulse on how people in the mortgage industry are handling the ever-changing impact of the pandemic, we recently surveyed our Lending Life readers and received dozens of replies on how they're handling the current lending environment. It wasn't that long ago that the mortgage industry recognized the 10-year anniversary of the end of the financial crisis, highlighting the giant strides that the industry has made to protect and support the American dream of home ownership. Now, just a couple years later, and the industry is in another make-or-break situation, with many lenders worried about the ability to survive the widespread impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. While the answers from these lenders vary drastically from person to person, showing there is no one-size-fits-all solution for getting through the crisis, there were some common themes to their answers, including increases in credit scores and down payment requirements and the state of government loans versus conforming loans. Here's some of the answers we received from respondents, and since things are changing pretty fast, we'd love to hear from our listeners on here if this is true for you or if it's wildly different. One Texas-based sales manager stated that his company has taken multiple steps during the coronavirus pandemic, including temporarily raising minimum FICOs on all government loans to 640 and suspending non-traditional credit and all bond and DPA programs. With refinance activity making up around 65% of his business, he added that his biggest challenge right now is consistent pricing availability and underwriting turn times. Echoing similar challenges, a respondent at a Denver-based brokerage stated he is now having to operate with a limited range of available offerings and overlays that threaten to terminate a borrower who would have otherwise been qualified. Despite not having the same range of options available and very long turn times that are putting contracts in jeopardy, he said he is still optimistic that the company's 2020 production will exceed 2019, an optimism that the majority of respondents shared. Even though the words terrible and hurt were used frequently in answers, there were respondents who said the virus was barely changing their operations at all. One reader who works at a national bank said the coronavirus and liquidity crisis haven't impacted the products they're offering borrowers. However, they did list third-party services such as appraisals and notaries as the challenges they are facing in originating mortgages in April. 
Another common theme in the challenges companies are facing right now revolves around the borrowers. Responses like lack of interest from buyers that were previously active in their pipeline and finding borrowers whose jobs or income are stable appeared in different ways in different answers. As initial reports show that one in five Americans have lost a job because COVID-19. A reader from a Florida-based brokerage gave an in-depth look at the top challenges he is facing, which mirrored many of the sentiments of others, with his top challenge being that borrowers are holding off because they believe both interest rates and prices of homes are going to decrease in the months to come. We know that things look drastically different based on where you're located and your company, so feel free to reach out with any other thoughts on the market. And for the rest of today's podcast, here's Elsena Lloyd. Thank you for listening, and I'll wrap with today's top stories, beginning with an article that asks what the mortgage industry could look like post-pandemic. Well, according to the article, which is written by Phil Hall, in a webinar sponsored by the National Association of Minority Mortgage Brokers of America, three prominent industry leaders have predicted the market could turn around for the better. According to Christy Furcho, the president of Mortgage at Flagstar Bank in Troy, Michigan, in the next 12 months, the industry will still be dealing with remnants of COVID. That being said, she believes the purchase loan market could still stage a comeback sooner than expected, pointing to the latest Mortgage Bankers Association application survey as proof. According to the survey, home purchase loans increased 2% for the week ending on April 17th, marking the first time in six weeks that purchase activity was on the rise. Supporting her sentiment on the purchase market's vibrancy, Laura Brandeo, the president of American Financial Resources in Troy Hills, New Jersey, stated her company is already fixating on hiring the right talent for the market's rebound. According to her, there are many new home buyers that are eager to get into the market once pandemic-driven stay-at-home orders are lifted. Notably, she also theorizes that markets with large shares of second homes may see those properties get listed after the pandemic subsides. Michael Dubik, president and CEO of Planet Home Lending in Melville, New York, predicts buyer interest will also continue and not wane in the medium post-pandemic months. Our next story comes from Rent Cafe, which indicates U.S. apartment searches have rebounded. According to an article written by Julia Falcon, since COVID-19 made its entrance into the U.S., people in various states, cities, and counties have been under stay-at-home orders. But although the real estate world has hit pause, data shows there is still a desire to move. In mid-March, a Google Trends showed an increase in the number of people looking at houses, and the uptick in interest also applies to apartments as well. Rent Cafe's report shows searches for apartments have now returned to their pre-pandemic numbers. As Zemper's National Rent Report said earlier this month, Google search volumes for apartments for rent were down between 10% and 35% during the last week in March in top cities, while long-term inventory dropped by about 12% the same week. Now, not only have apartment search levels recovered to pre-pandemic numbers, they've increased 17% compared to the beginning of March before the drop was recorded. According to Rent Cafe, beginning at the end of March and extending into April, apartment searches have been growing from one week to the next. On Google Trends, April searches for apartments, apartments for rent, and apartments near me notably rose. In a survey for RentCafe.com, 62% of respondents said they are moving as soon as they find an apartment despite the COVID-19 pandemic. Almost half of those surveyed said they didn't have any concerns in regard to moving in a time like this. However, about another quarter said they were concerned about whether or not it was safe to move. Meanwhile, only 11% said they were staying put, while the rest were either undecided or postponing their move. Additionally, 42% said they are not changing their apartment selection process anytime soon. 
Our last story comes from Ben Lane and announces Fannie Mae's and Freddie Mac's reiteration that borrowers are not required to repay their missed payments all at once when their forbearance period ends. According to Lane, the declaration seems to stem from the lack of clarity in the CARES Act about what happens when a borrower's forbearance period ends. The CARES Act stipulates that a borrower who's experiencing a COVID-19-related hardship and has a mortgage backed by either the government or the GCs can request and must be granted forbearance of up to 180 days. However, the act doesn't dictate what's supposed to happen afterwards. This has led to confusion among borrowers and servicers, with some servicers apparently telling borrowers that they'll need to repay their missed payments in full when their forbearance period ends. While that is an option for repaying the missed payments, it's not the only options the GSCs said. As for what else borrowers can do instead of paying their missed payments back in full, the GSCs offered several other options, including either a payment plan, a payment deferral, or a modification of the loan. According to the GSCs, Servicers are required to reach out to borrowers in forbearance approximately 30 days before their initial forbearance period ends to discuss the repayment options. So all in all, the GC's announcement likely has two purposes, to remind borrowers of what their options are and to remind GSC servicers of what they're required to do for their borrowers. Thanks for listening to today's top stories and the Housing Wire team will be back again tomorrow to cover the top stories that you need to know in the daily download. 